Blog Talk Radio. Hi, welcome to the Independent Corner with your host, Jonathan Moody. And with me tonight are uh, two uh, very special guests um, from the, uh, I guess, the hit uh, movie, uh, The Murder Game. <laughs> the hit and movie. <laughs> Robert's laughing at me about that. But, uh, <laughs> what did you guys think? Of, you know, why, why aren't you saying it's a hit movie right now? No, no, it's just it's just funny because it's, you know, it's you it associate hit with all the, the big Hollywood, you know, the number one movie in America and all that kind of stuff. And Lord knows our, our stuff is, is more, uh, well, what what this show is geared towards, you know, the ind- independent stuff. So uh, yeah. I, I hope it is a hit. I hope people are watching it and liking it and, and all that good stuff. I just never really refer, heard it referred to that way before. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was new for me too, but I, I did kind of like it. <laughs> well, uh, I wasn't saying that because, uh, you know, I, I've seen it and I've uh, seen it in stores all over, so it's got to be some, you know, Somewhat of a, you know, uh, hopefully a hit, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, uh, we we got some pretty good uh, some pretty good distribution on this thing. It is all over North America, so it's it's U.S. and Canada, and um, you know, I I'm presuming that uh, since we since we got it out there on such a large scale, that obviously the uh, distributor had enough faith in it to think that it could uh, it would be the kind of thing that that uh, would be successful reading a wide audience. So. So it's good, you know. I'm not. I'm not going to complain about that. All right. So this is uh, So everybody knows this is uh, Robert Harari. Yes, that's me. Hi. And uh, Jason Contino. And that's me. <laughs> All right. So um, and these uh these guys both wrote the movie itself, right. uh, the murder game. Uh, and um, they are. Uh, I guess uh, Jason, you you were the DP as well. Uh, yes. Uh, we both wore many hats. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Um, yeah, exactly. A lot of people have to do that. Like you guys both produced the movie, right? You know, and then you guys both wrote it. So you guys, in a way, I guess you guys were like the Coen brothers. <laughs> Except well, you brothers. know, it's it's kind of funny. I mean, independent movies. The, the word independent has really kind of uh, it's ballooned quite a bit over the years. <laughs> what you would consider independent today. It has many, many different definitions. I mean, if uh, technically, if Steven Soderbergh takes two million dollars of his own money and goes makes a movie with Julia Roberts, uh, with no studio attached, that's technically an independent film. But I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily put him in the same league as us, you know. So, um, uh, in our sense, I don't know. Jason and I do like to refer to this movie as a, a, a true independent film, and I don't mean that to sound pretentious or anything, but. We actually not only did we write it and and I directed and he shot and and all that and we did everything like he said we wore many hats, but in producing it we also paid for it entirely ourselves out of our own pockets, which even in the independent world is kind of, it you, you just don't see it that often. Most people usually have contributors or or have uh, somebody who's willing to put up you know thirty forty fifty grand for them to make a movie. Um, but we we didn't go that route. We didn't have any third parties in this one. We just uh, we just pretty much did everything from beginning to end ourselves. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sure the budget wasn't probably that huge, but enough to was it? No, no, it, no, uh, no, it was we're, very we're not independently wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I wish? Uh, no, yeah, I'm, we're not uh, we're not we're not wealthy by any stretch. But uh, it, it was it's the kind of thing where. I mean, the movie, if we had to come up with all the money all, the, all at one time, we never would have been, been able to do it. I mean, this this thing's been a long time 
uh, a work in progress and uh it's from well from i mean a lot of that a lot of that time is spent in distribution and it's a long haul and touring the festivals and finishing the film i mean there's a lot going on in in between but we started writing in may of 2004 is when we kind of conceived the idea and, and took to writing the script and here it is uh september of 2007 and the movie uh, just came out. So during that time, basically, when we had the money to pay for something, to go shoot something, we did it. If we didn't have the money, we didn't shoot it. <laughs> so that's that's pretty much how we handled it for the you know for that three year period. It would be like work, 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 shoot a weekend. Work, 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 shoot a weekend. You got it. Actually, that's funny because the the people that we had on uh, you know I had on my show last night they're they're doing a movie that way right now. Really you good know? for them. It's uh, tough. Well, I mean, they've been they've been doing movies for a while. They've got uh, pretty good distribution deals too, cool. like with some stuff. But um, but yeah, but usually they shoot like um, straight, and then they decided to shoot it, you know, just the weekends, you know, right? And uh, because that was just the easiest time to get the pre uh, production done. I mean, the you know everything done during the week, you know, and then sure. over the weekends when everybody's like not working or doing uh you know doing stuff like school work and all that other stuff they can come out there and shoot their stuff and then you know you know like hang out with everybody then go back out and and their movie's not going to be done till like November they've already you know decided that it, the movie it, it started like in um like I think in August and it's not it's going to go all the way to November until it's done yeah a lot of people yeah. I think do similar type schedules i mean with us for our primary, like the the bulk of our shooting, we actually did in one one stretch without any days off. I think it was thirteen or fourteen days straight. Yeah, we did fourteen in a row when we shot in. Uh, that was in January of two thousand five. Uh, we shot and we shot that month because most of our cast was like college students, and you know they were like drama students to be more accurate. And uh, we basically kind of wedged it in there where we knew they would be off for a uh, winter break and everything. Plus Jason and I both work in the, you know, in the, like the multimedia field in general. And that the, the winter months are usually the deadest months of anybody in like media production. So it worked out for us too, but we shot in that building, like all the stuff in the storage building, we shot straight through for 14 days, no days off. That was a, uh, it was, it was tough, but uh, you know, you do what you, you do what you got to do. Yeah. We knew we had to do it that way. And we knew, you know, going into the production that that's what we were planning on doing with our schedules and with our, our talent schedules. So, you know, we just hustled and did all our pre-production and, you know, tried to squirrel away as much money as we could, knowing that we are going to then have a couple weeks straight, you know, just working on the film. And then, like we said, you know, when we had to go back for a couple little reshoots or some, you know, shots here and there, it was, you know, like a weekend-by-weekend basis. Yeah, I mean that that and that's a good way to do it, and I guess a lot of independent filmmakers have to do it that way just to just to get it done, you know. Yeah, you just gotta. I mean, you know, when you're when you're independent and you don't have money being thrown at you from every direction, I mean, yeah, you have to just shoot when you can. If if two o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday night is the only time you can go shoot something, well, that that becomes your call time. You know, you you do what you need to do to get it done. That's 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 pretty much it. Now, um, how, you know, I guess, uh, how did it, the whole process of it come about? Like, how did you guys decide that this was the movie you guys wanted to do? Um, you start this one off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, right. that's a pretty big question, isn't it? Um, 
Well, you know, Jason and I, basically, this was kind of an unorthodox production. Uh, most of the time, you know, it's been my experience anyway, that typically you come up with an idea, you write a script, and then you execute it based on what you wrote and, and you know, what's feasible uh, with your budget and everything. For Jason and I, we actually had seen this location for this storage building, which is where this, this film takes place, and uh, for the most part. And we, as soon as we, we saw it, we, you know, we were like, wow, this is, this is amazing. This would be so scary. We could, we could do a really cool movie in here. And, you know, not a lot of, I, it, was, it was kind of an original location for a, a horror slasher type film. So uh, something we hadn't seen before. So we figured, yeah, this would be very cool. We need to, you know, we need to um, explore this further. And basically, we just started trying to come up with what would be a good idea, what would be a cool thing to do uh, to use this location, our advantage. And uh, just talking through it, we came up with the idea of Murder Game. And the game was actually, the movie is based on the game itself. I guess I should just run through the synopsis real quick for the people who haven't seen the film before. It's about a group of kids who are uh, in high school and they're bored and they come up with this game uh, where they basically uh, secretly and randomly choose one of them to be a killer while the others are innocent victims. Then they have these uh, like toy fake weapons. Uh, they stash them around the house or wherever they're playing and um, uh, whoever the killer is tries to bump off everybody one by one and uh, anybody who's not the killer is trying to figure out who the killer is. Uh, it's basically that simple and the truth of it is this is a game that um uh, my brother and i kind of invented on our own when we were like nine or ten years old and uh it was something we did when you know when we were much younger than high school but you know for the same reason we were bored and <laughs> wanted to do something fun and we kind of came up with this and invited friends over and this is what we would do so you know jason and i got to talking about it and i mentioned that and you know one way or another it came about well what if we you know, we got a bunch of kids to do this idea, and then they actually did start to die. And that was pretty much it. After that, it just became, oh, great, well, let's lay out the characters. Let's uh, figure out, you know, where, how do, they, how do they get there? How do they know each other? What kind of characters do we need? And so on and so forth just starts the writing process. And um, writing together was an interesting process, too, because we had never written a script together before. Uh, Jason, I think, had written a feature script on his own before, but I had never written a feature ever. So essentially what we did was we sat down uh, one day. I think it was only one day, right, Jay? Yeah, we just sat in your office for a day. Right, for like for like nine or ten hours straight. <laughs> and we basically mapped out an entire outline from beginning to end of what was going to happen to these characters. You know, uh, how do they... Uh, interact and who they are and and all that stuff and we just took them from one step to the next uh, we didn't we didn't bother with things like uh, specifics like dialogue and stuff like that we just needed to get them from A to B and move yeah, them around and, and real discuss everything outline. yeah discuss the things that we wanted to happen in this movie and then once we got there we basically had a beginning middle and end <laughs> then we basically turned our backs on each other and and um, and uh, went our separate ways and we wrote our own scripts based on that very loose outline. And, um, you know, about two months later, I guess it was like in July or end of July, close to August, we got them, we got back together, looked at both scripts, and we essentially just took the best stuff from both and uh, made it into our final draft. That was pretty much how we did it. Actually, it went a lot more painlessly than I expected it would because 
I mean, we both worked with the same outline, but you got two different people. You're going to have two. We thought we'd have two completely different scripts, and we those did. have their differences. I think we, you know, pretty fairly, you know, knew each other's strong points and weaknesses per script. And I think it was only like two, maybe three revisions to get to our initial shooting script. Yeah, it was remarkable how how similar they were. I mean, it makes sense. Yes, it does make sense because we had the outline, but if, if anybody out there had actually read this outline, which is like three pages long, and it was like so loosely, ba- it, you know, this person goes from this and somehow gets to this room. I mean, it was it was very loose. Kids and, play uh, game. <laughs> yeah, and shockingly enough, uh, you know, our scripts were remarkably similar, and uh, that made it actually pretty easy to, you know, we, I, you know, Jason would write a funny line, oh, that's so much better than what I wrote, and take that and then take something else that I wrote here and just put it all together, and that became the movie. Um, so uh, did you guys do, like, the Robert Rodriguez thing where you uh, you looked around at things that you guys had, you know, had available, like, uh, you know, how you had a, uh, uh, how, how you guys had the warehouse or whatever, the, um, the right. storage? Well, I mean, to a degree. I mean, we found that location, we saw that location, and we both were like, whoa, we got to shoot something here. This would be cool. And we tried to rack our brains, you know, to come up with a, a story to take place predominantly in that location, knowing we could get it. And then, you know, from there, yes, you know, putting someone's house or, you know, different people's houses and an exterior location. Like, that's easy. You can kind of find that yeah. anywhere. And it's really just done for the for the, for the the purpose of budget. I mean, quite simply, you know, why why go and, and pay somebody uh, $100 or $200 a day to shoot a couple scenes in their house when, you know, you can go and beg your mom <laughs> to let you use her living room. And, uh, you know, when you're shooting on a shoestring budget, as we were, that's that's basically what you do. And we took advantage of everything we possibly could. We cashed in every favor I think we've ever gotten. I, yeah, I, I don't now think we owe I a lot ever of favors. get a favor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am spent on favors. But, I mean, in going back to writing what's available, I mean, we walked the halls of the storage facility. It's like a three-floor storage facility, and it's monstrous, but, like, we found this really long stairwell, and we're like, okay, something should take place here. We found, you know, something else, like a certain room, or like, ooh, we got to do something here, and, you know, just kind of tailored our script to that specific location because we knew it's what we had and we knew it's what we could work with, so we wanted to try to show right. as much of it as we could and make it as interesting as possible because, you know, like the kids, for most of the movie, you're locked in this one location. Yeah, and that building, I mean, let's face it, if anybody's ever been to a storage facility, whether it be outdoor or indoor climate control, one like this, I mean, it's a pretty monotonous location. I mean, you're talking about nothing but rows and rows of of, uh, of hallways and everything and, and, you know, these storage bins that just seem to go on forever. Um, though that has its kind of its own sterile, creepy, like, you know, sort of like an, an abyss type of feel to it. Though that's that's pretty cool. It, you also don't want it to get boring, where every time you're shooting anything, it's against this, you know, this uh, roll-up ripple door or something. I mean, you you got to find ways to make it interesting. And there was some cool stuff there, like we found the ladder that led to the roof, and we found the stairwell, like Jason said, and we the office room, which you know there there's where all the security cameras and monitors are too. I mean, I mean anything you didn't have that to go we, out and you know like like a Hollywood set, they would they would make that. Exactly, that, and then they, yeah, would, they would they would put all those things in there instead of you know what you guys did, which is right. just go there and just you know right. And we it. found it. I mean, we found like for instance, we found the office location, so we knew we had to write a scene that could take place in the office, 
and uh, that was it. I mean, we and it built was it was a good scene. That made an actual sense for the plot of the movie. I mean, right. That's where they see all the stuff that's going on, you know, and right. you know it makes sense. So, I think that was. I mean, I thought that was a really cool scene, and it looked good. It looked professional. It looked like you guys had. It looks like you spent probably a lot more money than you probably did, and I think that's and that was really our cool. First night of shooting, too, actually. That was the first night. That was our first night. Was that uh, that main office room? Yes, it was. It was our first night of shooting, and. Uh, it was, <laughs> it was, that was funny a of, a night. of all the scenes, I mean, I think we overshot the crap out of that scene because, you know, we just wanted to make sure we got everything from every angle we could. But as we kind of got into the rhythm, I mean, unless you're filming movies all the time, which on a low budget, I don't know how you can do them all the time. But um, but it, it's hard to kind of get back into the swing. I mean, so it was... Uh, it was funny. I remember that first night. We, we were we were all kind of very conservative and very cautious, but uh, but it didn't take long. I mean, after that, after like halfway through that first night, we were loosening up and we were we were having some fun and we were trying to shoot, you know, be creative and interesting and just use what we had around us. I mean, we didn't have the advantage of you know jib arms and steady cams and stuff like that, so we did the best we could. I mean, one of the things that we, we discussed that we wanted in this movie was movement. I wanted lots of movement, and so did Jason. We, you know, we wanted this thing to be portrayed as, we didn't want it to get boring. We wanted it to seem faster than it was. So a lot of the editing was very quick cuts, and, and the camera was almost always moving or handheld because it helps kind of give the impression that things are moving quicker and are more erratic than necess- than maybe they actually are and that helps i mean I, I you know i think that that's partly one of the things that um people can enjoy about this i mean you know it's i mean whether you like it or you don't like it or slasher movies aren't your thing or it's not a big enough budget for you or whatever there's a lot of things you can complain about with little movies like this but i can't say as i've had a lot of people tell me it's boring because if there's one thing i think we we're able to do is to keep it moving and at least keep people interested to continue watching Exactly. And like I like I uh, told you before, Robert, uh, you know, one of my friends had watched it and he's just easy, you know, easy to fall asleep. Like, right. he's always tired. The and, narcolepsy guy. Yeah. He just, uh, for some <laughs> reason, whenever he comes over to watch, uh, t- you know, TV, he just falls asleep. And, uh, you know, all this, you know, he he watched the whole thing. He was really into it. He, <laughs> he was, you know, rooting for everything and... Um, you know, just really into the movie, and he was laughing. There was like, there was a couple like really funny like little jokes in the movie. I thought, and we both thought we were just laughing our ass off at like certain things, like um, you know, just like if somebody just would randomly say something like, you know, uh, shut up, jackass, or something like that, just randomly, right, or whatever. We were just like. We would be like, ooh, we just get into it, you know? Uh-huh. Have some fun, sure. Yeah, it seems like that kind of movie. I think that's where we felt old, too, because I remember when Rob and I first wrote our drafts of the script, <laughs> we're sitting there going, wait, these are high school kids. And, you know, not that we're that old, but high school's definitely been at least a decade away from both of us. And we're like, we got to make them sound like high schools. Right now they sound like us. And right, right. We're very mature, but I remember <laughs> sitting there trying to, like, come up with ways to insult each other, you know, in a way that a high schooler would talk. I remember everybody kind of getting on, uh, making fun of me with the script because there there was a line where Dexter, the one stoner, 
what he says something about uh, I'm not going to sit here sniffing this doobie all night. And uh, I think I think Dave and and just about everybody <laughs> looked at me and said, "Who says doobie anymore?" <laughs> and I mean, I, to be honest, I'm not that out of touch with the times. I knew that it was kind of out of date. That's actually why I thought it was kind of funny because if you just said joint, then it just goes over as a line, and I thought it would have kind of gone across, come across funnier if it was uh, that term instead. But uh, but that was the first thing that, that I remember Dave saying. You know, like my God, man. Dave, yes, he co-edited the movie with me, and he also was my assistant director. Oh, okay, so he's the one that you tried to call to see if he could yeah. probably make Yeah, it. and I'm still waiting for my phone to beep or something. I have it sitting here, and perhaps he'll be able to join us, but uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to see. I'm, I'm actually surprised. In trouble somewhere. He probably is. He, he's one of these guys. Uh, you know, we had to shoot this movie... Uh, the, the, all the stuff we shot in the building we had to shoot overnight because we weren't allowed to interfere with the daily operations of this place. It was a working, running business. So we had to shoot. We were, we were basically on set from like 9 p.m. until about 6.30 in the morning every night for that 14 days. And flipping the schedule for all of us, oh, my God, it was weird. It was, oh, my God, I'm getting up at 4 p.m. I'm having breakfast at all retarded hours, and this is just a mess. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> he That's was like, this life. is great. This is my normal schedule. This is what I normally do. So <laughs> this works out for me great. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I guess uh, when you were editing, like co-editing it, was it, you know, was it, was it pretty hard to just go into it? And I mean, had you, like, edited a lot of movies before? Or? Actually, yeah. I mean, I actually had some experience because I, I work as an editor uh, as my normal day job, if you will. And uh, Dave, incidentally, my AD, is uh, is an accomplished filmmaker himself. He made a couple of films um, over the past couple of years called uh, Ghost Watcher and Ghost Watcher 2. They came out on Lionsgate in uh, 2004 and 2005, respectively. And uh, I actually worked as his co-editor on Ghost Watcher, and then I worked as his editor on Ghost Watcher 2. So uh, me and Dave are used to being locked in that room together for several weeks at a time, and uh, we tend to work pretty well together when uh, when doing that. So um, yeah, it was actually it was old hat for us. You know, it was a it was a lot of fun, and it's just what we do. You know, we sit down, we grab some beef jerky and a couple beers, and <laughs> we start banging out a movie. So. Um, uh, we're pretty used a to scary, it. Scary, scary, smelly room that you never <laughs> go in. Yeah, you don't want to visit us. Involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, I guess uh, you guys had done a couple movies before, right? Yeah, the well, the, the Ghost Watcher films we did. Me and Jason made a couple shorts together, and Jason, of course, worked on the Ghost Watcher films as well. Uh, but in terms of Jason and I together, this is like the first feature that we ever uh, put together ourselves. Before this. We did a short film um, in college that I directed and he shot also, which was called The Puzzle. And we actually put it on the DVD for anybody who's actually interested in seeing it. It's only about uh, like 11 minutes long. But, um, but yeah, it was a short that we did. I did it as my, uh, I think it was like a Your independent study, study yeah. Yeah, <laughs> to graduate. And uh, Jason shot it. We did it in like a, over a couple of weekends because we had a few different locations and things initially. But... But, uh, you know, Jason and I have known each other a while. We, we go all the way back to, to college. Uh, we went to, to uh, Towson University in Maryland. And um, it was, you know, we had a blast. I mean, we, we had a bunch of uh, uh, film classes together. 
we worked on a few films together collaboratively with other students and you know the the puzzle was the first time we ever kind of jumped in together in those respective roles where I directed and, and he shot and it kind of gelled it just seemed like we were always on the same page and we knew what each other wanted and it just worked out and um, when we were young and ambitious <laughs> yeah right now <laughs> now it's like I don't know what you call us now we're definitely not young anymore. <laughs> I, I don't want to say my ambition is completely sucked out. I'm definitely still ambitious, but I'm definitely not young anymore. No, I mean, I definitely think, you know, what Rob's saying, like the puzzle was a great experience for us because we had worked on larger crews, you know, doing other student films, and then this was kind of, you know, it was Rob's independent study. He asked me if I'd shoot it. I was all excited, you know, to do it, and it was, you know, we had some other crew members, but it was kind of like, you know, us making this movie, right. and then we graduated college, went our separate ways. Rob, you know, lived in Baltimore and became an editor uh, for his job. I moved back to my hometown of Philadelphia and started working, you know, freelance uh, as a crew member up here on different commercials and, and movies and whatnot. And, you know, we're both working on other people's projects, and then, we, you know, we still kept in touch, and then I called him up and was like, I kind of want to do something else, you know? Right. We're, we're, we're both that was three years later. It, it was, was in 2003 he, when Jason called me and said, "Hey, I want to I want to do something. Let's go film another short. Let's do something." And it, this was entirely his brainchild. He came up with this movie, Midnight Sun, and uh, it was a short that uh, that he directed and he wrote and he shot and everything. And I was basically just kind of his wingman on the yeah, production. Yeah, my, you know, my AD, my editor, and uh, yeah, well, of course. But I mean, man. you know, I I you quarterback the thing, and I just I just did what I could to try to help you get what you wanted and you know we were lucky enough i mean to to turn out a couple of good films i mean the puzzle won a couple of awards that was nice and midnight sun won of won out even more awards i believe and that was nice um and then eventually we uh D- jason how did you get involved with well, uh, with got, ghost watcher okay so then dave was was shooting the first ghost watcher and, and this was back in 2000 what was this was this in two thousand one? I think when he started two thousand one, maybe two thousand two. But he was he was getting ready to shoot uh, Ghost Watcher, and he had it was it was his first feature, and he had rented a camera from someone that I went to college with, and Dave was you know his crew was a little little sparse, so my friend that he rented the camera off was like, well, I know someone that you know can be like a grip electric for you, so that's actually how I got the call. I didn't know Dave at the time. I was. Uh, seeing someone that was living in Maryland, so I was coming down there every weekend anyway. Right. I'm like, great, you know, I get to work on a movie down here, spend time with who I'm seeing, you know, and that's when I met Dave. And actually, uh, you know, Dave was, you know, first-time director. He was doing a great job, but he was very focused on work. And then one day when we were already lit for our scene, and I don't know what was going on, but I started flipping through the CD book that was sitting there, and it turns out to be Dave's, and it was all, like, 80s hair metal. <laughs> and besides Dave, apparently, I guess I was the only other person on set that could appreciate, you know, Winger's greatest hits. Right, and, Iron uh, Maiden and all that good stuff. That's when Dave and I kind of became friendly, and then he was editing the film himself and, you know, just needed some help editing it. And that's when I suggested Rob, and then that's how the three of us came to be. Yeah, oh, it's, wow. it, it was actually kind of interesting. And then it's funny... Because, well, the, the Ghost Watcher 2 thing was crazy. We had already decided, Jason and I had already decided we were going to make Murder Game. And we had already written it. And, uh, you know, Ghost Watcher had come out in 2004. Even though it was completed in 2002, it took until, to, until 2004 before it was picked up and actually distributed. 
And I guess about a month after it came out, uh, which was, uh, you know, pretty close to the end of 2004, we had already had various casting calls for Murder Game. We already had our shoot schedule set up. Dave and I were out at a bar looking at, like, three or four different bands, basically trolling around for music, possible music to use in Murder Game, when he gets a call from his agent that Ghostwatcher, for a small title like that, was actually flying off the shelves. It was doing incredibly well. So well that the distributor wanted a sequel. And uh, so we started talking about that, and we were like, well, we're already set to shoot Murder Game and everything. And then we started working the schedule. We worked it out so that we would shoot Murder Game, uh, the, all the stuff in the building, in January of 2005, right there at the beginning of 2005. And then when we uh, we knew we had to break anyway, because all our exteriors wanted it to be, we didn't want it to be a Halloween or winter movie. We actually wanted it to be like a spring movie where we could show, you know, some people with with that with you know short sleeves on and and some bright sunny days and everything. So we had to wait until spring before we could shoot uh, all the exterior stuff in the film. So after we shot everything in January, I had about two weeks to digitize digitize footage and put up a trailer on our website just to kind of keep things going. And then we immediately went into pre-production <laughs> on February 1st with Ghostwatcher 2. It was like the quickest turnaround in history. <laughs> yeah. And then in March of, of uh, the very next month after that, uh, March, I guess it was like March 5th or something like that. Whatever that first we, weekend was. Yeah, we shot Ghostwatcher 2. Believe it or not. And then after we shot Ghostwatcher 2 in March, it was April. We started digitizing and going through the footage and started doing the rough cut of the edit. And then as uh, the end of April rolled around and on into May, we started shooting the rest of Murder Game. So we were editing Ghostwatcher almost around the clock, uh, Monday through Friday, uh, for about a two-month period while on the weekends we were shooting the rest of Murder Game. Wow. So, yeah, that was pretty. Um, I would never want to do that again. <laughs> it was, I remember when we took the phone call and we all were like, "Can we do this?" We're like, "Sure." Yeah. What the hell? We can do it. It was a great opportunity, and you know, I'm glad we didn't pass it up. But then, oh, absolutely. We, once we were in the thick of it, we were like, "What did we just get ourselves into?" Because yeah, we it was had really a tough. strict date to deliver Ghostwatcher 2. Dave yeah, they, you know, the distributor was specific. For them to cash in the way they wanted to, they needed a quick sequel to be ready to distribute the very following October. So we had to have that movie finished and delivered to them, I think, like, by the middle of August or something, yeah. at the latest. And we had just shot it in March, and it had all these visual effects we had to do, and it was crazy. But it, we basically put, had to put Murder Game on the shelf you know, other than the shooting that we had to do, we weren't able to do any editing or anything on it for about a six-month six month period while, you know, between the shooting of Ghost Watcher and then um, editing and getting it all finished uh, for me and Dave. Once we finally delivered it and we were done, it was like, here's like a, uh, I think we took like a one-week break to just kind of relax and, and just uncoil. And then... Uh, sat right back down and started digitizing the spring stuff for Murder Game and then started editing that because the only advantage with Murder Game was we were going into it blind. I mean, there was no distributor waiting for this thing. We were actually going to try to, you know, get somebody to acquire it after having completed it just completely sort of like with the first Ghostwatcher, just, just, you know, shooting from the hip and hoping somebody likes it wants to pick it up. But with Ghostwatcher 2, we had a very specific deadline that we had to meet 
um, in order for us to, to, you know, for the goal. And, oh, hold um, on. We actually have a caller. What? Oh, you're kidding. It's uh, uh, 917. Hello? Rob. Yes. Hey, um, Jonathan, I just got your text through MySpace. Is that Eric Sawyer? <laughs> it's Sawyer on, uh, on the horn. Yes. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, he just actually shot me a message through MySpace. He's like, I'm on the phone with Rob. I was like, no way, I'll have to quick give a call. Yeah, <laughs> we were actually just yeah. talking about you earlier that I think I have found out about uh, the murder game through uh, the Creek uh, MySpace. So. Cool. Uh, yeah, because yeah, I actually, talked Eric, to you earlier about doing a show, and I think you were busy at the time to do one. So. No, we've been meaning to catch up with you, head. actually. Oh, dude, you got Contino on here. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> How you guys doing? Enough. We're doing good. Pretty good. Pretty good. You, you, want, you want to hear something funny, Eric? Uh, yeah. I was talking to uh, Jonathan before we actually came on here uh, uh-huh. on the air tonight, and um, he, he asked me, he was like, do you guys know the guys from the creek? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we're pretty familiar with them. So I explained to him, I said, actually, if you, yeah, you saw a murder game, I said, do you know the shorter stoner guy? I was like, that's Eric. <laughs> and he was, uh, he was, oh, you're kidding. So that was kind of funny because he just, you know, he hadn't put two and two together yet, even though he, you know, her, he, obviously our films are kind of intertwined a lot on MySpace, I think, because of of just, you know, the the, the dates and the, the crossovers of, you know, you working on Murder Game and, and Jason oh, yeah, working on, on The Creek and so on and so forth. Help independence. Right, exactly. But uh, I just well, thought it was pretty funny, uh, you know, because <laughs> he watched Murder Game and didn't even know he was staring at the guy that made The Creek. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't even thinking. I didn't put two and two together because, uh, you know, I remembered that you guys that you guys are connected, but I guess I hadn't really like I hadn't, I hadn't heard about the creek. Uh, I, I'm guessing the creek is doing pretty well because you know that's how I got. I found out about your MySpace thing. Again, like uh, the, you put a couple posts up there about uh, the uh, the creek winning some awards. So yeah, we actually. Did Eric, just win something, but it's I don't want to I don't want to interject too much about no, that I was, stuff. I was this just is gonna... Jason and Rob's moment, but I did want to say <laughs> thanks a lot Eric, to Rob please, and Jason. Feel, Eric, please feel free. We, <laughs> we've been we've been talking murder game ad nauseum. Uh, feel free to talk a little creek for us. Uh, well, feel, in feel free to talk it out. Tell us what, what's going on. What's up with the creek right now? What's happening? Tell us. Actually, we did just find out that um, uh, we won Best Feature Horror at the Illinois International Film Festival. Wow, congratulations, my friend. Thanks, yeah. man, I appreciate Great it. We're news. just getting the, the posts out now tonight, because um, it's been kind of crazy. But that was exciting, and we just got a review from Gorezone, which was exciting for us as well. Excellent. You know, they that liked was a good review, right? Part. Yeah, no, it was a good review, actually. I read it, too. Yeah, no, I think you liked a lot of it. And I did want to mention, I really wanted to thank Jason and Rob, because... Uh, it's funny that actually you found out about Murder Game through the Creek because they've been extremely generous with throwing, um, you know, posts out and bulletins out about the Creek and pushing some of their MySpace friends toward us. Because, I mean, obviously those guys were out there, you know, doing this before we got started. So I just wanted to thank them for that. And so I guess every, both of you guys are helping each other out, like, you know. Well, you know, when you're uh, at this level. Well, I guess we better. Nobody else is going to. Yeah. You've got to help each other out. <laughs> yeah, well, and Jason was the director of photography for The Creek yeah. as well. So, I mean, we're, our films, it's funny, are kind of like tied with the people. And, you know, Rob was generous enough to, you know, give give the script to read in the beginning. And, and um, Jason, obviously, is director of photography, is very involved. And, and, and it was great being involved in Murder Game, playing Dexter. I love that character. Uh, that you know? character and was a lot of fun, too. Like, it just, I uh, remember, I'm I let sure. Eric read 
Mm-hmm. So I, I let Eric read the script because um, he was our also our uh, he had designed our original web page, and he was just like, "Oh, let me read your script." And he was he's an actor in New York, and he was disappointed. He's like, "I never get scripts like this. I'd love to do something like this." He's like, "But I'm not asking for a part. You know, don't give me a part unless there is a part." And actually, we auditioned a lot of people for Dexter before we even called him out, and we were, and we just couldn't find someone. Right, we couldn't. I mean, not that not that Eric is a bad actor because he's not. I mean, we called him out for it, and he won the part himself outright. Oh yeah, he but uh, but it was amazing. I mean, we we thought that the easiest two people to cast would be the Stoners because seriously, how hard is it? I mean, most college kids out there already do this anyway. So you know how difficult. <laughs> you don't even really need to be an actor if you can read and you can smoke a joint. You can play this part, or so we thought. As it turns out, not so much. It was actually very difficult, and finding two guys with some chemistry. Uh, you know, because, I mean, they are, I mean, not, not to trivialize it, but they are kind of the Jay and Silent Bob type. You know, they're the pair. I mean, if you get one, you get the other, and, and the chemistry between them has to be, has to work. Otherwise, they fall flat, and they're not at all, any, any not, not funny, and they're no comic relief or anything. So, uh, Eric and Vince were, were excellent. Actually, the number one complaint I get from people who see this movie and like it is that I killed, that we killed them all too early that they both died too early. And, uh, you know, if there was one thing I could change, that, that would probably be, probably be it, because they were, they were very good together. They, you know, they were hilarious. Yeah, I, I will say that, too, yeah, because they were, um, I guess, you, uh, I don't know if we want to talk too much about the, uh, the, the movie itself, that way we don't spoil, you know, too many things. Uh, we but. didn't give them enough screen time is what we meant to say. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and, and to add to what Rob said, I mean, I only met Vince, obviously, when I went down to Baltimore to shoot, and Vince did. Vince was great to work with. He was fun. The cast in general was fun, but, I mean, the, those characters were really, were just fun to play. But and didn't I even get a shout-out, you guys, in the one um, review? The guy was, like, said how he really liked Dexter, but he died too early, and I was like, yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, and I've heard it so many times now that it's just it's common. You know, when I mean, I'm to the point now where some people say, you know what, though, the only the only problem I had, and I can just kind of finish their sentence and say, I know I killed the stoners too early. <laughs> that was a cool bonus, though. But oh, and one thing, what Robin said about how thinking the stoners would be easy to cast. <laughs> um, it's funny because no, the characters you think are, like, the ones that, like, are not a problem and you'll have 50 people to choose from. I know we had a character in the creek named Emily, and it's this fast-talking girl that's kind of ditzy but not. And I thought, well, you know, I mean, I'll have my selection, you know, of people. Right. That part was impossible. I mean, we saw so many. We even actually set up second auditions in New York City just to try and find that girl because... It was weird, but I mean, I thought, well, there's going to be a tons of girls that are going to go, like, you know, everyone I talked to said, I talk fast, this character's me, I can do this. And they'd get in, and it was like, that's so not what we wanted, you know? So maybe that's just a running thing with film, you know what I mean? Well, and I mean, just, you know, the casting process in and of itself, uh, I hate it. (laughs) I hate it. It, Well, I mean, look, if you got money, if you have money and you can pull very experienced people and, and SAG people even, and, and you have money to throw at, at actors, you will find people who can play these parts to a T. But in our films, these are very low budget, and, and a lot of times you're offering little to no money or deferred contracts of sorts to these people to get them in the film, and that considerably narrows your field. The people who are willing to come to an open call, knowing that ahead of time, 
you know, I mean, if there's accomplished, good, really good accomplished actors out there, they're usually not willing to work for nothing because they probably already paid those dues a long time ago. Um, the only advantage for us is, I mean, with Murder Game, we were going for, like, you know, college-age people to play high school-age people. And with that, you get a lot of unknowns and you get a lot of people that don't have a ton of experience just because of their age. And so it kind of worked out that they were willing willing to do that, you know, uh, whatever we needed them to do because they're just looking to pad their resume and get some real movie experience. But um, But it can be tough to cast a movie when you really don't have a lot to offer an actor except for the role itself. And, and sometimes you would think that that's enough, but, you know, uh, when, when you have to have four and five casting calls to find your cast, and, I mean, we saw, what did we see, Jay? We saw a 1,000 headshots, and we saw yeah, well I mean, over three or 400 people for these roles. And, I mean, you're talking about these two-dimensional characters. I mean, for the most part, this is a slasher film, and it's a throwback to, like, the 80s slashers. These are almost cookie-cutter characters. You'd think that it wouldn't be that hard to find capable people to play them, but sure enough, it's, it was a lot tougher a lot than of work. Did. I mean, we were very happy with our cast, and we found some great people, but being this is a low-budget film, we had to look at more people to then find those people. You know, if, if we had, exactly. you know, it was just we had to weed through so many headshots and and so many auditions. Yeah. I mean, I think our first audition was like eight hours, eight or nine hours. We saw. We saw. People. I think we saw something like seventy-five or eighty people that day, and I think only. I think we only. First of all, I think we only called back. If I remember correctly, we called back six. I think you're right. And I think two actually got roles. Mm-hmm. And Sam was one of them, and I think Max was the Max other. Max was the other. That's that was right. it. Those two people out of the 75 or so that we saw over that old day were the only ones that actually won roles. And actually, so, we threw up a last-minute audition, uh, and that's where we found Vince, Steve, and Julie. Yeah, that was because a gold mine. We almost didn't do this audition, and we're like, you know what, because we didn't have enough time to advertise that we were doing an audition on our And it was discouraging, man. I mean, we got to the point where we thought, Jesus, we've... We've Never seen everybody. Them. We've seen everybody in this town. We're going to have to start and casting it, it in wasn't Pennsylvania. Town. <laughs> I mean, we were, yes, we were holding auditions in Maryland because we were shooting in Maryland. We were trying to find people that were more local. local. But, right. I mean, we had people coming from New York, and I'm not lying. I remember our first audition, one of the girls said she came from Hawaii. Mm, right. That's right. I forgot about that girl. She was, I think she was originally from, like, Milwaukee or somewhere, but she was stationed in Hawaii because her, her husband was in the Navy but she flew back to like Milwaukee and drove because it's what she wants to do. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, that's that's really cool. <laughs> like they they get people that dedicated. Oh, there's yeah. people, I mean actors are for if you say feature horror, there's a lot of people that will go to the extra effort. I mean just for a feature from an actor's point of view, I mean it's tough to get features. I mean I'm in the New York metro area and that's one reason when Jace gave me the script, I'm like, man, it's it's hard to even get a feature much less, like, horror is a well-known avenue to get your face out there. And oh, we actually have another caller. Hold on, let me... Oh, my goodness. We're blowing wow. up. This is, uh, this is... Yeah, like hey, uh, 410, you should be on. Hello? Uh, that's Dave. Hello. Hey, is this David? Uh, hello? No. Yep. It's Vince. Vince. Yo. Yo, Vince. Oh, we're having a... I, I, I think these guys should have stopped patting themselves on the back. They made a movie, so what? Get over yourself. <laughs> 
we didn't kill you early enough in this movie. That's yeah, right. I should have killed you before the end credits. The I, I, I'm, I'm hearing that. I'm hearing you guys are talking stuff about me. i got to make sure you're in, in the recap, correct. You die in the first two minutes. Yeah, I think before the opening credits even start. So this is, uh, this is, quite, the, this is quite the treat. We have both the, uh, both the stoners from Murder Game on, on the line right now. You guys haven't spoken to each other since your relationship ended. Since <laughs> <laughs> you both died? <laughs> since, oh, since oh, that relationship. Yeah, yeah, I thought you meant the actual uh, I courtship. I miss you. <laughs> I miss you, sweetie. I miss you, too, honey. How's it going, Vince? Good, good. How's it going? Going well, thank you. Good to hear from you. Good to hear your, your voice. Yeah, good to hear from you, too. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't even know you guys musk. were doing anything. Uh, what? I miss your musk. <laughs> I miss your scent. <laughs> this is just going. This is what it was like every day on set with these two. Yeah, which is another that's, that's what it sounds like already. Yeah. They killed them off quickly because they were just, you know, gonna go off and play their games anyway. So, <laughs> Vince, did you see the bulletin? Is that how you figured it out? Because I said I called you. I didn't leave you a message. I figured, you know, if you were out or something, you'd call me back. But uh, I was trying to call you to get you on at the beginning. But no, uh, I, I saw that uh, you called, and then uh, Ryan Turner actually sent me uh, a text message. Oh. I guess you saw the bulletin, and he let me know about that. So. Oh, there you go. I, I don't even have a computer, so this is the only way I can actually like listen in and hear you guys. So, oh, even so, have, so I guess even that's have, it. Now we're, we're going to have to deal with you for the rest of the show then. Well, I can <laughs> shut up. I can, I can sit back and be quiet <laughs> and listen and interject every now and then. <laughs> that's really cool, though. That uh, I, Yeah, I didn't expect all uh, You know, we weren't sure because uh, I guess uh, Robert and I were thinking about it being kind of like kind of last minute notice in a way, you know, like yeah. Well, you know, uh, Jonathan told me about this. He sent me an email earlier in the week, and this is all kind of all at once. And he sent me a reminder email. Uh, I got this morning. Like you guys are still going on tonight, right? <laughs> and, uh, I had to, you know, I was like, I don't even know where the website is. I don't even know what number I'm supposed to call. This is, is well. Thank God I, I, I sent you that other message saying, uh, "Here's my number, just right. in case." And that was it. So. Uh, yeah. But uh, but no, I'm glad I'm glad you guys were able to uh, to jump on because uh, me and Jason we can only like take hearing it. each other's voices for so long. <laughs> but uh, so uh, Vince, how was it playing the character? Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was uh, I mean I guess the shoot as a whole was just like like pretty laid back and everyone in the cast is real cool and chill and uh, I never really played a stoner character before so that was nice to to sort of be one of the Supporting uh, comic relief characters. Uh, that's really cool. And uh, so, have you been acting in a lot of other stuff since? Uh, in terms of film, I've mostly been working with like Rob and Jason and uh, Dave. Uh, like, I've only been really doing film stuff with them, but I've been doing like theater at Towson and stuff like that. So, just trying right. To we touched on. Uh, not, sorry, not to interrupt you, Vince, but uh, just so go ahead. Just to bring you up to speed, we we touched on the Ghost Watcher films and stuff, and uh, um, the Go- Ghost Watcher too, because we had to make it so on top of Murder Game, and the the schedules were so intertwined. We really didn't even have time to properly cast all the characters in. Ghost Watcher 2. So what? He just said uh, you weren't proper cast, Vince. Did you hear yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I think he's saying <laughs> that you uh, made a mistake. It <laughs> was um, Dave's movie. <laughs> but uh, no, four people from Murder Game are in Ghost Watcher 2. Uh, Vince plays the the villain in the film, actually, and uh, Julie plays the the main the lead character, and um, Ariana, right, who is the uh, supporting character, and who's the fourth and Steve, person? 
Oh yeah, Steve, right? Actually, this is a fifth. <laughs> and Eric, and Eric was. Hey, Rob, what about Mordecai Proudfoot? Mordecai Proudfoot. That's great. I'm sorry, Eric. Well, wait, wait, that's Eric. Well, Jason, you played a part too, like. Oh, I had a cameo. And Rob, <laughs> was I in it? I don't even remember. You had a cameo. You were in the film within a film. You oh, were that's right. Film that's... Film. <laughs> uh, clearly, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Either that, or I completely blocked it out of my mind that I ever worked on it. One or the other. <laughs> well, that scene. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's great though. Uh, too bad we can't get David on here too. That was yeah, like, well, you know, I mean, it's funny. Be the whole he, Ghost, uh, Ghost Roger Two crew, right? Yeah, he's he's the only one missing now. But uh, did you try to get a hold of him? I tried. I called him, but uh, I just got his voicemail, and I figured, you know, him and his schedule, he'll. He probably just woke up for the day or something. Yeah, really. Yeah, but, probably our <laughs> hero. But I'm actually shocked can't, he hasn't uh, he hasn't called me back yet. But uh, what are you gonna do? Yeah, well, maybe he'll listen to this uh, sometime. And probably do his own show or something. <laughs> yeah, why yeah. not? I mean, we're you know we're always available to sit around and talk film to whoever that's would actually want to sit there and listen to us do so. <laughs> that's what independent filmmakers like to do more than making a movie. Right. Yeah, oh, we love talking movie. about ourselves. <laughs> do it well. But, uh, so, what are you guys, like, influences? What do you guys, all, you know, I'm going to go through everybody. Like, what do you guys uh, like as far as filmmakers or actors or whatever? Uh, starting with whoever wants to start first. Jay. All right, I'm going first. Go um, first, Jay. I mean, I guess I've always had a soft spot in my heart for horror films, whether they're so bad they're good horror films or, you know, just actually good scary horror films um but i mean overall i'm just a fan of like a good story you know like you had mentioned the coen brothers before which we are definitely not the coen brothers <laughs> but you know i was always a fan of of their stories and their characters because you know it was always i always used to say man if i could write one character like they've written in one of their scripts i'd feel you know like i'd, I'd accomplish something but uh you're kidding you know yeah i guess you know i'm just in it for it to be entertained i'm not I don't, I'm going to sound pretentious by saying this, but I'm not one of those pretentious filmmakers that's like, oh, it's art. It's art. We made a slasher film. You know, We wanted to make something that was fun, that people enjoyed, and just had a good time watching. And those are the kind of movies that I like. You know, So you that's go. where I stand. You should ask Eric what horror films he likes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric, what, what horror films do you like? <laughs> You're mean. That's, that's, just, that's not even fair. <laughs> Now, Jason's making fun of me, basically, because I'm considered, like, I think to some degree the poser of the group. No, not a poser. <laughs> Let me just say one thing. The Creek is a horror movie that takes place in a cabin in the woods. And all I said to Eric was, well, you remember an Evil Dead? And he goes, I've never seen it. So I said, you're making a horror movie about it's in a cabin in the woods. You have to have seen Evil Dead. And he goes, I can't watch it. It scares me. Dude, you're going to get, like, every horror fan to hate me immediately. I'm going to be, like, such a douchebag to everybody. <laughs> it's not that. Okay, listen, Jason's making fun of me because due to my extremely religious Pentecostal upbringing is what I, I, I give it credit to. I don't like demon possession stuff. It freaks me out, man. Like, other things I'm cool with. But when that old lady's, like, banging in the basement, like, trying to get out, I was like, I'm not watching this. <laughs> and I turned it off. And Jason can't stop making fun of me about it. It's a son of a bee. I, I, you know, I'll, I'll story, be with though. you, Eric. The Exorcist is one of the one movies that I can't really watch the whole way through. It, it does scare the living crap out of me, and that's because 
And uh, what's the other movie? The Fallen. Also oh, about kind oh, of. Oh, that's a cool film. That was just, I was just watching that the other night. Shot right here in Philly. Uh, the Fallen. Fallen? Yeah. That movie cool freaked film. the hell out of me. I couldn't watch that after like. Uh, I think it was about like halfway into the movie. I was just like, all right, I just it's it's a really freaky movie. Well, you see, that's the thing with those movies, The Exorcist and The Fallen. They had a good story, so you got into it. You got hooked into what was going on. So even if you couldn't make your way through it, and Eric here, I'm supporting you a little bit. You know, at least it was an effective film. Right. You, know, you, you elicited the response. And Evil, <laughs> Evil Dead's the same way. I, I can watch Evil Dead knowing because, you know, I've um, you know I've, I've talked to Josh Becker who worked on the movie and stuff like that. So after hearing all this stuff about it and uh, watching all the behind the scenes and stuff and the makeup effects, it it makes it a little easier, but I never seen anything about the making of the Exorcist or stuff like that. And <laughs> I I almost real. think it's almost real. It's like too freaky. <laughs> I did see Army of Darkness. Do I get credit for that? <laughs> yeah, you get that <laughs> help for something? I did get credit for do I get something a little kudos there? Sure, Eric. Well you got it, man. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> no, but I, I do I tend I tend to lead more toward the thriller horrors and and like I like things that are more like you know, the suspense thrillers, you know, and, and a lot of stuff that, like, Jason generally looks at me and he's like, you're a woman. But, like, I like, I kind of like stuff like that more. So, like, I'm not as much into the, um, like, gore and just, like, blood and guts horror. You know, I tend to like more the psychological horror. So, again, I'm, I am the woman of the group here because, I mean, those guys, it's crazy when you're on set with a bunch of people that love horror because, dude, they, like, randomly throw out, like, these obscure references to, like, Scenes and like, what was that one like, Night of the Slugs or the Slugs movie, Jason? I ended up seeing Night of the Creeps. Creep. Yeah, Night that creep. one. Dude, someone just randomly said something about a bathroom and a slug, and everyone's like, "Dude, Night of the Creeps, slug, and bathroom." Huh? And I'm standing there like, "What the hell is wrong with these That's people?" That's a classic. That's such a great. The, the bathroom scene in that is, is phenomenal. In our defense, most of the movie, the one movie we quoted the most or referenced the most in the Murder Game, even though the movie doesn't show it at all. Is Glen Gary Glen Ross? Yeah, because it's just, it's just that quotable, though. That's the thing. I think that's just a <laughs> universal. That should just be on every movie set, in my opinion, because that <laughs> is one of the best movies ever made, and it has some of the best lines you could ever recite. <laughs> um, I want to say though that um, the, the bathroom scene in Night of the Creeps, you know, they they remade the whole thing with Slither. Pretty much. And right. uh, James Gunn says, you know, he never saw Night of the Creeps, and he didn't even know, you know know about it, but he, he worked for Troma. He was a big right. Troma, you know, fan. Well, I mean, how, how could he not have How could you not, right? Yeah. So, I, I'm, you know, I wish I could have him on my show one day and really ask him. I mean, honestly, did you just set out to remake it and just not call it uh, Night of the Creeps? <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, it's it's funny. I mean, I to be honest, on, on that side of it, I'm kind of siding with you. I don't see how it's possible to not know and especially the that movie exists. It's a complete ripoff of it. But I will say this, and I, I'm just going to clear this up for, I don't know, the, the five people that are listening to this right now. Uh, <laughs> um, I've actually gotten some flack yes. online. Thank you. I, of, IMDb uh, boards. Yes, IMDb, where, you know, all the haters go to hate on movies. But, uh, and that's fine, you know, whatever. But uh, I've gotten a lot of flack from a lot of people uh, online, these, these hardcore, just, just diehard horror fans. And I can certainly appreciate that. They're yelling at me, basically saying that, that I, I cheated, and I ripped off the movie. Uh, there's a movie, like a, a Danish film? film from 1996 called 
Morka leg. I, I presume that's how you pronounce it. I'm just doing it phonetically. But, um, and it's from 96, and it's basically the exact same plot as Murder Game. And the only difference is that, you know, we go into a storage building and they go into an abandoned house. But everything else is the same. The prop weapons and a killer and then people start to die. I mean, it's like to the T. I found out about this about a week after Murder Game came out. <laughs> okay, yeah, I did not know here. that movie existed. I'll be happy to admit, I guess I'm not as diehard a horror fan as as some people out there, because I'm, I'm just not familiar with Cryo cinema. Cryo-1977 apparently is the person's net handle. Well, well, here's the funny thing about it. They mentioned the movie saying it's, you know, this is, you should have put remake on the box because this is a remake right. and whatnot. So I immediately go to look up this film because I watch so many horror films and I'm like, I've never heard of this film. And then I saw that it was only released in Belgium or in Denmark or wherever it's from. Right. And I'm sitting there being like, well, how, you know, I've seen a lot of movies and I've seen a lot of imports, but I've never heard of this and never saw it. And I know one's not, no one's ever going to believe it, but... No, I mean, that's fine. I mean, whether or not people believe it, I mean, look, our movie's on the shelf. At this point, it doesn't really matter. But, I mean, uh, you know, to anybody out there who honestly believes that we ripped this off, we didn't. Uh, like I said earlier, this was... The idea for this movie came from a game that I played when I was a kid with my brother, and uh, it just kind of spawned from there. Um, it's not a remake directly, um, and if it was, we would have... We would have been happy to uh, right. to pay credit where credits due. I mean, I'm, I've never had a problem with well, that. Look, but uh, look at the puzzle that was based off of a short story that we got permission, and it even says right. in the credits where it's based off of. Right off of uh, J.B. Stamper's uh, short story. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't have a problem giving credit where credits due, but I gotta plead ignorance on this one. I just I didn't know. And had Jason and I known, yeah, we probably would have. You know, tweak the script <laughs> at the very least to try to give it some type of more of an original flavor. Um, the last thing you want to do is go out there and do exactly the same thing somebody else did. So unless you're Gus Van Sant, you want to make Psycho. <laughs> Ooh, I, have, I have a question, quick, if you don't mind. Sure, please. I thought, but Rob, remember when you said you and Jason went to Belgium for that weekend and reading waffles <laughs> in the hotel room, <laughs> and, and, it, and that movie popped on paper? I thought that's. That's just for that, worry. just for that, you're watching Evil Dead one and two back to back. Eric is evil. <laughs> I, see, see now you're just getting me back for Jason making fun of you. <laughs> I did yeah. make fun of him a little bit on the creek. <laughs> I'll admit. <laughs> but yeah, that's um, yeah. That, that you know, I, I don't want any IMDb people uh, going on my chat room over there and just start uh, blasting away. I didn't like these people saying that stuff. And <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, people are going to think what they're going to think, and you know, it's fine. I just figured I would take the opportunity because. But the truth is, I didn't know. Had I known, right. yeah. I would have been more than happy to do something about it. So maybe but, James, uh, maybe James didn't know, but that it just it seems too weird that they had a well, that's bathroom a big movie. I mean, when I was a kid, it was either Night of the Creeps or Beastmaster that was on HBO well, every week. Right. And you know, at least it's an American film. That's why I was saying I was siding with you on that one, John, because it's like, well, what are the chances that he'd never heard of this before? I mean, to be honest, if I was contracted by Hollywood to go and make a movie about slugs or do a slasher film or about killer bees or something. To be honest, I would absolutely try to rent every single film that's ever been done about that subject so I could see what other people did, either to and avoid it. And not try to remake it. Yeah either to, well, yeah, either try to avoid it, or if they did something and it wasn't very good, try to do it better. 
but I would just try to be in the know for that stuff personally. So I do find that hard to believe. And, and I'm thinking he must have done something differently enough that Fred Decker couldn't sue him, you know, or sue well, him, you know. I get. I mean, working on you the know, Monster Squad DVD. You probably didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, actually, I had an interview with uh, Andre Gower of uh, Oh, really? Cool. Squad recently, and that you know you can see that in the archives sometime. But um, it was that was a lot of fun, um, and him talking about Fred and talking about all the history of working on it. And hopefully, hopefully, I'll get some more of the Monster Squad people on here. But uh, you guys know that um, apparently uh, one of them has passed away, right? Oh, I was unaware. Um, the, one of the kids has passed away. Uh, oh, really? Um, I didn't the one, know that. the one who says, uh, "Wolfman's got nards." Really? Yeah. Oh, wow! It's such a shame. Nobody really knows about it. How does anybody know how it happened? Because yeah, he would have been young. Uh, he was um, actually, yeah, he was. Uh, um, he was probably in his twenties when it happened. Oh, you're kidding! It was that long ago? Because well, I mean, actually, I don't know. 